fierce ladies, welcome to the Moms in Real Estate podcast, where we unleash our unapologetic power to share the raw truth of our journeys. Brace yourself for a dose of empowerment, education, and encouragement like never before. I'm Kristen, a relentless entrepreneur obsessed with connecting and uplifting fellow boss babes. In this podcast, we're all about getting down to business, conquering motherhood, nurturing relationships, and so much more. Get ready to dive into the nitty gritty, embrace the hustle, and unravel the secrets of success in the world of real estate. We're here to ignite your fire, equip you with the knowledge, and unleash your limitless potential. Tune in as we redefine what it means to be a true boss babe. All right, everyone, welcome to Moms in Real Estate. I am your host, Kristen Cantrell, and today we get to talk to Andy Woolridge out of Florida. And I'm really excited about this because I met Andy at a retreat that I co-hosted in uh, Florida. Where were we at? We were in Rosemary Beach, and I was so excited to meet you, um, and we share the same accountant, which is really cool as well. So, Andy, why don't you go ahead and get us started and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited to be here. I am a mom in real estate, so uh, it's not the first profession that I had by any means, but it's been something that's allowed me to grow with my family um, and work on balancing, I guess, if you want to call it that, work and life together um, so that I can be around with my kids and still also uh, create wealth for my family and help set us up for success in the future. So, uh, we're here in Florida up in the Panhandle near Destin. Um, it's weird because we're in central time. So fun fact about the Panhandle of Florida is you're actually central time instead of eastern. Um, we were stationed here because my husband is uh, in the Air Force. And so we were active duty at the time when we moved here about five years ago um, and have been in the little town of Navarre ever since and have really grown some roots and established ourselves um, in business and in life to create uh, the lifestyle that we want for our family. So I'm excited to talk to you about our journey today and kind of what got me to this uh, point in my life. Yeah. So, you know, what I think is cool is, correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't like set out to be a real estate agent. You started out as an investor and kind of stumbled into going and getting your real estate license because of being an investor. And I think the part that where you're talking about, like with your, um, where your kids and your family come in, was that something that happened afterwards? Yeah. So it's been a crazy whirlwind of an experience. Um, I would say when I met my husband to getting married to just moving here, um, my background is actually in athletic training, exercise science. So I graduated from a four-year college playing varsity soccer and being all involved in the athletic world and in medicine and I had this dream of you know basically going to work at the Olympic Training Center um, and you know having two dogs and that was about it Um, and I met my husband and everything changed so uh, we met in 2015 um, or 2014 and then we got engaged in 2015 so if you don't know much about the military it's um, move fast so mm-hmm. we, we did that exactly. We were long distance for a good period of time. Um, and at that point, I was working as a full-time athletic trainer. Um, I worked at a high school. And that was a really fun career, especially for um, a young single adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but quickly after we got married, we got pregnant with our first child. And 
I realized that was not going to be a career path that suited uh, the family life very well, especially she was having a, a husband that was gone a majority of the time. Yeah. Um, if he had a different type of job, it could be different, but with him always, you know, deploying and going in different places, I had to hold the fort down and I couldn't, I couldn't hold a job that would be, um, variable hours that I would have to be away from my then infant baby. Um, so we moved to Florida the next year. Um, he was looking basically for other uh, streams of income at the time. We moved from a townhouse in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Our next jump was that we actually moved ourselves into a fixed-wheel RV, and we were full-time RVers uh, for about two years. Oh, wow. And so I called that my first flip. I took this old uh, fixed-wheel RV, and I went all Joanna Gaines on it, and I painted it white, and did the shiplap, and all that kind of stuff um, to make it look like a little house inside. And so that's where we set up camp for a while. Um, we got here to Florida, and he was looking into real estate. He had run into a couple uh, real estate podcasts and books that said, you know, you can do this with, uh, you know, a very minimal amount of time. Um, and so that's what he got into. And he got a hold of some agents here in the area. Uh, they gave him a little bit of insight on, you know, your first steps into acquiring a piece of real estate and what that looks like. So we actually flipped our first house before we ever owned a house. I um, love that. To say, but it's true. Um, and after that first flip, he's like, you know what? I really need an agent um, that I can trust, and that you know we share the same vision. And you know, it's hard to find someone that um, really aligns with everything that you might have on uh, in your mind of what you want for you know your real estate goals and and aspirations. And so I was working as a CrossFit coach and a personal trainer, and I was like, I have no interest in real estate at all um but he uh convinced me that I should get my license so I wound up doing that um and I'm very I'm very thankful that he did because it did it opened up a lot of opportunities for us um in our investing career as well as me as a mom just being able to have a little bit more flexibility with my time schedule um and being able to work and be at home at the same time in most situations and if not like I could take my kid with me and it was okay yeah. um, just setting that my clients ahead of time that is one of the best parts of being, you know, your own your own business owner because we do have so many things like, you know, one morning you wake up and someone's throwing up and you're like, okay, I can't go to work today. And so <laughs> I love the ability to, you know, be flexible and to be able to do what I need to do. Um, so yeah. you had only flipped that one home when you got your your license. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So we first. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, going through real estate school and then jumping in and building a real estate business, you know, was it what you thought it was going to be or what's kind of been like a big surprise to you? So initially when I chose to get my license, I had a lot of reservations just because I didn't have any kind of background in real estate at all. So the my knowledge base was that I lived in a house growing up and my parents sold it. You know, that was pretty much it. So um, for me, it was just very unfamiliar, and I wasn't sure I would be good at it, to be completely honest. It wasn't my little house. I had a lot to learn, and I wanted to make sure that I was able to, um, you know, perform for the clients that I had, you know, that were um, trusting me. You know, a piece of real estate is one of the most um, expensive things that you'll own and, like, one of the biggest investments that you'll ever have. And so I felt that responsibility and being – um, 
you know, a mom and a, a performer from being a college athlete, I wanted to make sure that I could do that uh, for those that I worked with. And so in talking with my husband and, you know, family members and whatnot, I was expressing, you know, my concerns and it was basically, you know, we understand where you're coming from, but if you're not happy with the service that you're currently getting from agents that you've worked with, you're doing your own friends and family a disservice if you don't get your license and step in that gap. Yeah. Um, and so that really changed my perspective about it. I'm like, well, if I'm, if I can't find what I'm looking for, then I might as well create it myself. Yeah. Um, so I got my license and, you know, built, built my own branding culture off of that. Yeah. I love that. I hear that all the time where people get into real estate because they didn't have um, realtors that helped them up to the standards that they would have liked to be helped. Have you kind of um, focused on helping people with investment properties or are you doing everything? What do you, what are you kind of specialize in? Yeah. So I've done a little bit of everything just to figure out what my niche is. And I think where I, I fit best. So I obviously got it first and foremost to represent us um, as we flipped houses to lift our homes and make sure that uh, I could take care of those investments for us. Mm -hmm. And then after that, uh, I realized that I was actually pretty good at it from, I think the skill set of being um, an athletic trainer and a personal trainer, constantly being in front of people and having one-on-one conversations. Um, it really boiled down to the skill set of being able to communicate effectively um, and help, help someone solve a problem. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just shifted what the problem was, but I was still pretty good at uh, problem solving. And so that's what I did. Um, I've done everything from selling a, a very simple single family house to representing us to purchase a 56 unit townhouse complex um, and pretty much anything in between. So I really narrowed down my niche to investment now, um, but I do still work with residential. We live in an interesting combination of a town um, of being a vacation destination as well as a military hub. So my two clients that I serve most are VA uh, buyers and sellers because the military is such a heavy presence here. And then also investors um, that are looking to get into real estate to build their own wealth. Let's back up a little bit. So that um, that property that you were talking about, I think it was a $7.8 million multifamily purchase, correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So one thing that you had said about that that I absolutely loved was you said, knowing the right people and homemade chocolate chip cookies go a long way. <laughs> How did knowing the right people and chocolate chip cookies help you in that transaction? Yes. So that was a very long, drawn-out, six-month process uh, transaction. And so um, we found out about a week before closing, after we'd already had to extend a few times, that we had to get a new survey for the entire complex, um, which was a couple acres with, with 56 uh, homes on it. Um, it needed to have all the improvements. Very detailed, right? It was overwhelming and uh, at that point we had about a hundred thousand dollars of earnest money on the line that if we didn't close we were going to lose because it had become non-refundable and so i was scrambling to find the right people um, and figure out how to make it happen and so i uh brought together my mom's skills of being able to cook chocolate chip cookies and my resourceful skills of being a professional um and so uh one of the uh, friends we had made that's a builder. Um, her dad is an engineer and he had great connections with the survey company in the area. And so I called him basically and I'm like, hey, I'm going to owe you forever, but I need to utilize your connections right now to get this done for us because um, we've, got, we've got a lot on the line. Um, and so he did. He, he made a phone call. Uh, I baked some chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> I showed it to the surveyor's office and begged them to please help. Um, 
And it was incredible because, I mean, they're a very busy company. They're very reputable. And they basically stopped their other projects and were there that day uh, to start the survey process and got it back to us in five days, which is unheard of for a survey that size. Yeah, but see how, you know, two things that you put together. It's like knowing you you have to remember that building your network is so important and knowing the right people. And then the other part of it is making somebody homemade chocolate chip cookies and like really connecting with them. A lot of people don't do that. You know, they might even like you took it to like that next step of actually making them too, which really allowed them to have their barrier come down and go and do that for you, which I think is so powerful. I just loved that when you wrote that in your questionnaire. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it really is. And so at the end of the day, like when I look back on that transaction, there were a lot of moving pieces, a lot of things that happened. And it really did come back down to the network that we had, mm-hmm. um, that we had made the intention of growing up to that point. And so, um, honestly, like the, the cliche uh, saying of, you know, you want to go fast, go alone, you want to go far, go together. It's so true. Like you so have true. to have the people in that when uh, things like that happen, you can fall back on because I could not have done it if it was just me by myself. Yeah. Amen to that. I will say that all the time. So, okay, let's, um, let's actually dive into, you know, while we're talking about building your network, you're passionate about community. And one thing I found interesting about you is you are actually an introvert, but you're an introvert that loves community and you love not just being in community, but you actually have a passion and, um, a drive to go and create community. So, um, tell everyone a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think a lot of it spurred from just us scratching our own itch, per se. Um, being a military family, you do move around a lot. And uh, we just never found a place that we felt uh, like there was family away from home. So for the time that we've been married and been together and moved, um, we've never been close to family. Um, I think the closest we've been was within like eight hours. So most people have some kind of family um, in their town that they can lean on that, you know, they need mom to watch the kid for, for a day or for whatever. And I was never had that. And so it really uh, sparked my interest when we moved into the RV uh, that the RV community was actually very close knit and you got to know people very well, very quickly because it forced you to be outside. Mm-hmm. Um, 400 square feet or less makes you, you know, really want to go outdoors a lot more than usual. And so that's what most people do. Uh, especially if you're parked somewhere for a long period of time. Uh, and so when we first moved here, I was pregnant with our second daughter. Um, I was about 35 weeks pregnant. And then uh, three short weeks later, I uh, went into labor and my water broke. And so we had been here for three weeks. We didn't know anyone besides really our neighbors next door at that fam camp. Um, family was far away. And so I really, I, I legit walked up uh, to our neighbor's door and knocked and I was like I know this is a really odd question and I'm asking a lot but is there any way you can watch my two-year-old my water just broke and I have to have a baby hi it's Barbara with your tax coach and we love helping entrepreneurs save money on their taxes here's a quick tax tip did you know that if you have an investment property you can deduct your mortgage interest property tax utilities HOA fees and even things like your vehicle if you drive to the property or meals that you have while working on the property. For more info, follow us on Instagram at yourtaxcoach or go to our website, yourtaxcoach.com. Very, you know, welcoming and uh, took care of uh, my my two-year-old at the time. I'm very thankful for that. But 
it made me realize that if we had been living in a house at that point, that where I would never establish a relationship like that, I don't think. And so taking that same mindset um, of that community and moving into the home sector as well as just like talent in general is really important to me. Uh, so I am, I'm an introvert by nature. I don't like being in front of a lot of people and talking. Um, and I think a lot of it boils down to just as a kid, I've never, I've never wanted to be the center of attention. Um, I was always kind of the background player and I was comfortable there. Um, but I've taken the initiative to kind of step into that power of my ability to bring people together. So just like that transaction where I pretty much was the connector between, mm-hmm. you know, the things that need to get connected. Um, I do that now. And so I'm able to connect others. And so changing my perspective of, you know, who am I or I'm scared to do this and more so of I'm taking it on as a responsibility to connect other people and shifting my focus from me to them mm-hmm. um, has really uh, my ability I think to step into that position and now having four kids I, I take it more personally I want to have um, a town and a community that they're proud to be from that they feel like they have a home yeah I love how you multiple times have shown how you see an opportunity and instead of just letting you know that opportunity go by you 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 take action and you're actually intentional with what you're doing I love that um one thing that you mentioned was, you know, being a real estate agent, a challenge that you've faced is, you know, the fact that real estate agents have a negative reputation. So let's dive into that a little bit, because I hear that a ton from especially women, right? They're like, I don't want to come off salesy. They think of a real estate agent like they think of a car salesman. Um, Is that kind of what you're talking about when you're like, I've had to kind of, you know, overcome this? Yeah, I think, I don't think most women or I guess people in general feel comfortable being in a sales position. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not natural, especially for some of them might be more introverted in nature. And so uh, for me, it was when we first got involved in our real estate flipping business um, that the agent we chose to work with, she was good at what she did, but she also um, made the choice to get things done regardless of the cost. Mm-hmm. And so she wanted doing some things that were, uh, in our opinion, a little immoral and unethical. Um, and we have the, the flip side of that, that there's some agents that are just pretty lazy. They've been in it for a long time and, you know, their level of service has dwindled over the years. They rely on their reputation of having sold, you know, so many houses or whatever. Um, and they don't take it as seriously anymore to serve their clients. And so it does. It goes from a, um, a service into a sale. And so, I wanted to make sure if I got into that industry that I was not chasing the commission. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of agents get caught up in that, that they just want to get their commission check. They want to get it fast. Um, and so it's like the least amount of effort that it takes to get there that they're happy with. And so for me, it was obviously if, if you want to have a successful business, it has to be profitable, but that was going to be a byproduct of serving the people that I was in front of. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. So let's talk about your kids a little bit. So you have a good amount of them. <laughs> I think you have four. You have four, right? I have four. Yes, four kids. Okay, so let's talk. I know at the beginning you said, you know, balance and kind of like scoffed at it because it's it, we, we say on here all the time, like balance is bullshit. It's so hard. And we go through mm-hmm. seasons and sometimes we're doing really good at home and sometimes we're not. And sometimes we're doing really good at work and sometimes we're not. So 
Tell us a little bit about how it looks for you running a business and running a household. Yeah, so I do. I have four kids and they're all young. So there's seven. My second oldest turned five today. And then I've got a two-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, and so within this past year, I've made a lot of growth, I think, both personally as a mom and in my business, um, which came from, I think, the close of that one transaction, it, it landed me about $100,000 in commission. So I was able to just relax for a little bit and know that like I was going to be able to be held over in my business um, to focus on the systems that I need to put in place, as well as building them up for my family. So um, I will say it, it, it isn't really a balance. It's just making it work. Um, and so knowing that my kids understand my presence and that they acknowledge that I'm there for them is what's most important to me right now in their development. Um, I could go a little bit more, you know, door chasing, door knocking, you know, hard hustling in the evenings or at times when they're home. I've made the choice not to do it. Um, I've built my business up enough at this point in my career that I do have enough consistent leads that I'm comfortable there um, and still have the bandwidth to designate time to be a mom because I don't want to get to the point where I feel like I'm neglecting them in order to make, you know, an extra commission check. And so I've had to catch myself a few times. Um, I am a workhorse and I do take advantage of opportunities and I like uh, the chase, but I also recognize that um, my kids notice my absence as much as my presence. And so if there's times that um, I'm pushing them away too much just by focusing on my business, then I have to kind of recenter myself. And that's not to say that, like, there's sometimes I get a phone call and I have to go running through the house, like, to my closet to lock myself in a room <laughs> to have a quiet conversation with, you know, an appraiser or whatever that looks like. Um, they still find them, you in the closet. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the whole time, you know, and I'm just like, excuse the background noise, you know, and I just, I have to step into that role and acknowledge that, like, who I work with as professionals know that I'm a mom um, and I'm not going to neglect, neglect that responsibility to be a professional. So I'm always professional, but I also always acknowledge my kids as well. Um, so for them, you know, this past week we went to uh, Universal. We got to go down to Miami, Florida. We did a lot of stuff in like a week and a half. And I thought it was very cool. Uh, like a couple of days ago, we were at a water park. And so I was just sitting in a chair. Um, I got a call from my assistant and she's like, hey, we have this issue. I'm like, all right, let's just check on this. Call this person. And she's like, no problem. And it was handled. Whereas two years ago, I would have been the one scrambling to connect all the dots. I would not have enjoyed myself at the water park. And so it is, it's a, it's a growth process. And so what I would say to those that are, you know, in the earlier stages of their career, um, or just getting started or looking to get started is at the beginning, yes, it is a hustle and you do work all the time. And even if you're with your kids, you're probably going to be on your phone doing something, trying to get something done, but it's a season. And I think just recognizing that there are seasons and there's ebbs and flows. Um, both ways just knowing that you have a vision that you're going towards is what's important so if your end goal is to have a certain lifestyle or to have a certain amount of wealth or to have a certain amount of time with your kids just keep that in the forefront of your mind so that your priorities don't get mixed up in the chase yeah and I think a great point you've been in business for four years now and you know like you're saying like the first couple of years it is a hustle and then you're sitting there on this vacation and you're actually like things are happening and I think it's also taking um, the time to recognize that and not continue to feel like, oh my gosh, I have to be doing something. That's something that I struggle with where it's like when you do have calm days, you almost feel like, oh my gosh, what's wrong, right? But really, you yeah. just 
put in the right systems and the right leverage in place to where you can enjoy life and you can enjoy your business. And that's important to recognize and to um, sit and be grateful for. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think it was at the mastermind, we were doing the hot seat stopping back and forth. And yeah. um, one of one of the uh, girls there was like, you know, I pride myself in my ability to negotiate. And like, this is what I do well in my job. And this is what I do well in my career. So I don't know how to offload that. Like, I can't enjoy myself if I'm relying on someone else to do it. Um, but at some point in time, like, if you do have the goal of offloading a lot of your tasks and putting your time um, into the money-producing activities, which isn't necessarily negotiating. It might be a phone call. But for that to be your back and forth or your go-to or you writing up a contract, like, you can get a VA to do that. No problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you don't have to do all the ins and outs and all the admin work all the time. Find why people come to you, right? What is what is the driving factor of they chose you over another agent? What do they like about you? What is it that sets your business apart and build that and they'll come and then you'll find the right people to put in place to offload those tasks that you felt you had to be a part of for so long because if you get stuck in the nitty gritty and they're like, well, I'm good at this. I don't want to offload it. And you're, you're going to stunt your growth at some point in time and then you can't enjoy yourself, you know, on, on a beach chair because you have to write up a contract you know. Amen. And it's the same advice if somebody's out there and they're trying to build a team or build a brokerage, like identify your value proposition and then leverage out the rest. And I think that that's, I mean, that's exactly what you're saying. And I know that can be so, so hard because I've been in that struggle before. So my encouragement to you is if you say, I don't know what, why people hire me. I'm not sure why my clients hired me. I'm not sure why people come and join my team. You need to go and ask the people that you really trust and they will tell you. And it's crazy. You'll find that so many people say the same things about you, which is so cool. And then you just know your value proposition. Exactly. I mean, you can step into that. Um, I know for me, like there, there's a lot of fear of like growing, right? What happens if I fail at this next level? What happens if this doesn't work out? What happens if I don't make enough money to pay this person? Um, but I listen, have you listened to the book, uh, The Gap in the Game? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's more of, like, living in the gap theory, right? Where yeah. this, I'm taking the steps and I'm making the moves and I'm putting the faith out there that I'm going to get that back. It's, it's what you what you reap is what you sow, mm-hmm. right? So, last year I brought on an assistant and I took the time to build out these systems for her and put her in a, in a position to where she's handling a lot of the communication with clients that I don't need to do on a daily basis. And I was very nervous bringing her on because I'm like, I want to make sure I take care of her. I want to make sure she gets paid. I want to make sure that my business is okay with this next addition that I'm adding on to it. But I see my business grow so much more by being able to do that because I'm not stressing as much on the little things where I can focus on the big things in my business and make my business and my brand better. And she can handle and offload the task force that I don't have to do every day. And she's She's wonderful. Like, I'm so thankful that I brought her on. But I was scared to at first. Yeah. You know? Well, and look at you invested in her to go to a money mindset retreat, too, which is pretty awesome. You're a really good boss. <laughs> <laughs> she came Thank to you. the no, retreat, I, you guys, which is so cool. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it circles back to the community thing, you know, like, and it's not just building community in, in my neighborhood or, um, you know, with, with our family, but it's who we work with. So, like, my husband and I both have our own businesses, and we want to make sure that we're creating a culture and a community inside of that that if they have a family issue or they have a problem, like, they can come to me, and I'm investing in them, hoping that, like, 
I know that they're not going to be in my life for forever. Like I'm accepting that fact that they're probably not going to be in my business for the next 30 years and that's okay. But I want to equip them with the tools and make them a better person so that when they do move on to that next position, they remember like what, what we did together and then it'll come back around and maybe she'll send someone my way at some point or put someone else in my life to replace, you know, her current position, whatever that looks like. Um, but it's really showing into the people around you because you've got to grow together. You know, like the, the, another cliche saying, right? Uh, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. But it's true. Like if you as a leader are supposed to be growing the community around you, then you have to invest that time, energy, money, effort, whatever that looks like into your people. And they'll help you grow so much faster. It's funny that that's the quote that you used because the first thing that came to my mind was, um, you know, Chuck and Angela, Angela, who I've done this podcast with for seven years, they invested in me and took me to a Dave Ram- Ramsey Entre Leadership event. And that was the theme. And so oh, it's cool. cool, but it is, it's so important. And to be able to give back to other people is, it's awesome. And to especially bring them to something like a retreat is a huge deal. So I love that. Um, I have a question for you before we, we, we wrap it up. My gosh, I couldn't spit out we. Um, okay, my question for you is you talked about systems, and I always love to hear people that are running businesses, their favorite systems. I know I have mine. I know what they've done for me. I want to hear what are your favorite systems that you've implemented, um, and how has it changed your business? Yeah, I mean, I think really the core system that you implement into your business as an agent is to have a, like a very robust CRM. Um, something that tracks all of your leads, tracks where people are in their transactions, um, can even automate emails and drip campaigns and things like that. And so that's helped a lot in my business. The one I called, uh, I want to use is called Rivity. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of, you know, similar ones out there, but it's, it's a very robust system that offers more than just, you know, capturing lead information, but actually being able to put people on these auto plans, um, to where if they're a buyer or a seller and, you know, putting them in different categories. They're tracking with them, and you're able to automate a lot of communication with those people. Um, system otherwise, I really implemented uh, like using Google Drive to store a lot of documents and just putting things on paper for a lot. Uh, for the first couple of years, I did a lot of things in my head, and so I felt overwhelmed all the time because I didn't write it down. Mm-hmm. And so actually putting like uh, paper together of different documents of policies and expectations and things like that, it just that's what a system is. It's just it's finding a very simple solution, putting it down, writing it down to where someone else can do it for you. And so I think sometimes when people talk about like systems, they get overwhelmed. Like it's this big, like, you know, weird thing that no one really knows what it is. But a system is just finding a problem in your business and then creating a solution to fix that so it doesn't happen in the future. And it can look, you know, different for each and every, each and every one. But for me, I utilize Google Drive for, you know, I have different folders for different, um, task work for different job roles. So I've got, you know, my client concierge specialist role and I have the daily duties written out for what that looks like. I've got my transaction coordination, all of the steps of a transaction, what that looks like to make sure that we're checkboxing off all of those different tasks. Um, and then just trusting that the people that I put in place to handle those things actually can, you know, follow along. And if there's issues, then you go back and you tweak it. And so I think it's, you know, starting putting things down, starting to write things out, documenting it, knowing where it is to keep it organized. And then it's always continuing to grow and develop. So not thinking like, well, what if I do this and it doesn't work? Or what if I put this in place and it, you know, it's not doing well? That's fine. You just edit what's not happening. You're you know, going right for you and you just keep moving forward. A lot of people get stuck in like, it has to all be perfect before I implement it. Um, and then it just, it crushes you and the business. So 
because it's just so overwhelming. So I think it's just taking a little bit of time, finding things that work for you. I've gone through probably three or four different CRMs. Um, I've tried other things outside of Google. I've used Asana. Like it's good for some things, but I don't like it for like a storage hub. It's just finding the stuff that works best for you. Um, I've got Gusto for autopay for my, um, for my assistant. Um, that's a good, I guess, system in place for paying people. I also pay myself for that as well. So I do have a W-2 for lending purposes and things like that, uh, going back to the whole investment side of things. But really, it's just making sure that uh, whatever you use, you can use uh, efficiently and consistently. And then that helps you grow your own business in the right way. Yeah, that's such a great point because, you know, you might love Google Drive, but let's say I didn't, which I do. I absolutely utilize it to its max potential. But if I didn't and I went in and I tried because you said it was so good and it didn't work out for me, then I'm not going to do it. So it is, it's very much like not everything fits in a box, but if it works for you, make sure it's part of your, you know, your process, right? It's part of your everyday, like, you know, one thing that I know is, um, you know, I store my tax receipts even in Google Drive. So it's really nice because every time I have a receipt, I take a picture of it and I easily upload it into my drive and then I don't have to think about it again. And I know it's a pain, but once you get used to it, it's part of my habit. Every single time I get a receipt, it goes right in there. So, okay, let's wrap it up with the last question. Um, The question that we're going to end with today is what's the most memorable piece of advice that you've ever received and how has it influenced your journey in real estate or as an entrepreneur? I love that question. Me too. I think I'm a big podcaster. I love listening to podcasts. One of my favorite podcasts is the Ed Milet Show. Um, So one of the big things that he says is the person you can help the best is the person that you used to be. And so I've really taken that to heart knowing that I've seen myself grow so much in the past five years, um, going from being uncomfortable being an entrepreneur or scared to be in front of people um, to now being someone that's willing and able and happy to be on a podcast and talk to other women and help them be uh, who they want to be and reach their full potential and purpose. Um, just really helps push me forward to want to make my business better and to bring myself into like a, a new um a new level in my career. So I don't see myself ever being like a, a career long agent. Um, I'm kind of working myself out of that role long term. Um, it does come back down to that our goal is to have real estate investments to create a lot of passive income and grow our family generational wealth. And using my active business as an agent to help do so. Um, creating a brand that helps kind of change the industry standard and then helping other women along the way kind of get past their own personal um, uh, limitations, right, and disbeliefs and talking life into other people around me. So knowing where I used to be and what my mindset used to be to where I am now um, has really given me the courage, I think, and um, encouragement to keep moving forward to work with other women and being in a position of power, kind of stepping into that to know that I can help those around me that I used to be. That was such a good answer. I love it. It reminds me of this one girl who talked about you should always have one arm reaching forward and one arm reaching back and was actually on this podcast. And so, yes, that was great. And we've had so much fun having you on today. So um, if anybody wants to connect with you, can you share your Instagram handle with them? Yeah, so it's at your agent Andy. Um, and that's my website as well, as well is your agent Andy.com. Um, my bio's on there and I share everything, a little bit of snippets of my life, real estate, family, um, motivation, that kind of thing. But 
uh, it, it goes up back to my brand is I'm your agent. You know, that's kind of how I coined myself is I'm here for you and to serve you um, and kind of, kind of find that niche in the real estate space. That's great. Um, if any of you are interested in going to a money mindset retreat, like where me and Andy met, we are doing our next one. It's called the Money Moves Retreat. You can look at it, look it up at uh, themoneymovesretreat.com and we will be doing it in Paso Robles, California. So thank you so much for being on, Andy. Thanks, Kristen. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hi, it's Barbara with Your Tax Coach, and we love helping entrepreneurs save money on their taxes. Here's a quick tax tip. This is one of my favorite tax tips. It's called the primary residence exclusion. If you've lived in your primary residence for two out of the last five years, you can qualify for a tax exclusion of up to $500,000 if you're married. So say you bought a house for 400K, you can sell it two years later for 900,000 and pay nothing in taxes. For more info, follow us on Instagram at yourtaxcoach or go to our website, yourtaxcoach.com.